Welcome Distractions. I'm Mitchell Kral, and with me as always is Benson Anderson. How you doing, Benson? Good, Mitch. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good, yeah. Cold outside. It is cold. It, it got cold I, again. I got some warm coffee. Good. I'm wide awake. I got some lukewarm water. We're good to go. That's the perfect temperature for water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and today we're going to be doing an Oscars pod. I think we're going to just touch on, you know, our thoughts on the nominees, but I think the bulk of this episode is going to be we each went through the movies that we saw this year, mm-hmm. and if we were in charge of the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Our personal Oscars. Yes. That way we can accommodate for the fact that we didn't see every movie. Right. Um, we... I have an embarrassingly yeah. long list of movies that I didn't see and would like to see. Yeah, I have a I have a slightly shorter list, um, significantly shorter list, but yeah. of movies that I pro- probably to to do a responsible awards podcast would probably have to have seen. So we're gonna do an irresponsible awards podcast right. and just and just do the ones that we saw in 2018 because right. um, it's we have an unlimited amount of time past 2018 to see. I have seven movies that I didn't see from 2018, but it's Oscar season, and uh, that's when they look. Pat, that's when we all look back at 2018 as a year of movies. And I saw a good amount, but not all the ones, especially not all the ones that were in discussions for critics' awards and things like that. My list of movies that I didn't see in 2018, but I meant to see, is 30 long. That's how many movies I saw in 2018. Yeah, that's, that's around more, how many you saw. That's yeah. more than I saw. Yeah. 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 Oops. That's okay. Once we get a, once there we are get lots a, of movies. Once we get a sponsor, we'll be able to see them for free. You're right. We should get a sponsor. <laughs> we should. We should. Let's just go pander. <laughs> <laughs> we just want to see free movies. That's it. Exactly. <laughs> and talk about exactly them. right. We promise we won't talk about sports or music anymore if you just pay us to see movies. Yeah, because that's what the world is missing is more movie podcasts. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Especially from our uh, very knowledgeable mouths. Yeah, from two two guys talking about movies. Wait, 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 wait. wait, 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 wait. Where are you going? Where are you going? Hold on, hold on. <laughs> do you, this, this one's different. <laughs> do you have any experience with uh, with movies at all, other Movie than enjoying making? them? Yeah. Do um, you have any experience with the insiders, insider access? No. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, so, no, not at all. of every movie podcast that exists, we are tied for least qualified. At zero qualifications. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, yeah. I, I we understand that, but maybe the fact that we're so normal in our movie experience yeah. is uh is a, is actually a draw. Yeah, if you're not a if you're not an Oscar fan, I think you're gonna like my list of um award nominees and winners. Yeah, because I saw I think more than you did probably. You saw probably more Oscar um worthy movies than I did, but I saw a lot more movies that a lot of other people also saw. Yeah. Um, I feel like we like didn't match up on which Oscar movies we saw. Like, I know, not to spoil our list, but I know, like, you saw First Reformed, and that's one that I know I like and would yeah. like to see. Yep. And that's definitely one of the ones that's gotten lots of good press. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, just haven't seen it. I feel like I saw a lot of um, a lot of uh, the Oscar sort of baity movies that didn't get nominated for anything. Interesting. I, I, I kind of have a little problem with you calling... Sorry. The Oscar bait. You just because, like, when I think of Oscar bait, I think of like boy erased. Yeah, like, like they failed. They were they were meant to appeal to the Academy and didn't do so. Right. I, well, me- I more meant movies that were not necessarily populist filmmaking, but like really strong movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Movies that were critically very well received, but right. like limited release. I mean, things that yeah. you'd see at like Indie the Cedar Lee. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Indie flicks. I saw a few of those. Of which, did you know the Cedar Lee has a movie podcast? 
I did not know that. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty good. Is it is it like it's employees or? I I'm not exactly sure. I think it is employees, but interesting. Cool. Yeah, Very Cedarly cool. for for our national listeners. Yeah, that's Cedarly sort of the, is, that's sort of the east side of Cleveland. That's the artsy yeah artsy movie theater, theater which is it's cool. It's a cool place it's where you have to go to see a lot of movies. When um, I uh sometimes you know I drive for Uber mm-hmm. and I had one guy. I don't know if I told you about this guy, but he was like this retired guy who lives right off of Cedar and Lee, like mm-hmm. walking distance, easily walking distance, and he has seen like every movie that's been in Cedar Lee. He, he, like, that's, like, his hobby now. He goes to the Cedar Lee, like, four times a week. Yeah, and just, like, sees whatever's sees playing. Sees every movie. Yeah, that's cool. That guy, it was a great, and it was a it was a fantastic uh, Uber ride. Yeah, he was He was cool. talkative, too. Very, very cool. Yeah. Yeah, I love people like that. And for us, it's about seven miles, eight miles away. It's it's a, it's a 15, 20-minute drive. Yeah. I uh, I like going there, and I think when I'm retired, I would like to live very close to an art house movie theater and go to all the movies. I will say I did not go to the Cedar Lee once this year. Really? All of the... You're missing All out. of the indie movies that I saw were either on Blu-ray or when they went to Richmond, which is sort of the bigger multiplex. Yeah. Um, there are a couple showtimes there that I was yeah. able to see. That's fair. Yeah, I love the Cedar Lee. I love that. I love kind of the old timey. I I like. I actually saw a Star Is Born in the West Side's old timey cool art house movie theater, mm-hmm. the Capitol Theater. Cool. Which is like even more old school. Has like columns in the big theater and like curtains. Stuff. Yeah, the Cedar Lee doesn't come out to me as very old school. Well, it's old school. There's like a, it's got like, I don't know. It had like a smoking section in the big theater and yeah. stuff like that. Like, yeah. it's it's pretty old school. And like the small theaters are absolutely tiny. Yeah. Like, like 35 <laughs> yeah. seats. In I, think, them. I think the last movie I saw was Whiplash. And it was on like a like a big TV screen, essentially. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. I saw Whiplash at like a giant multiplex in Chicago. Yeah, it might have been, uh, been like post-hype release. Gotcha. Um. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Anyway, uh, without further ado... Well, you just want to look back. I mean, if you had to describe 2018, your 2018 movie viewing experience, how would you describe it? I thought it was a good movie. I thought it was a good if incomplete. Like, I know... Um, like, the pro- everyone's talking about, like, you know, movie industry's dead and all that. And, like, mm-hmm. I think the problem is is, is that movies that make a lot of money are not original and i see how that's a problem mm-hmm. but i really enjoyed a lot of movies that i saw that maybe didn't make as much money mm-hmm. like i i think the problem with the film industry isn't that good movies aren't being made it's just that no one's seeing a lot of the good movies i think actually for this year i mean you know bohemian rhapsody maybe aside i think the top 10 box office is pretty good um, you're hearing my answering machine now, potentially. <laughs> um, I think the top, I think the top ten highest grossing movies, at least domestically, are actually um, they're actually fairly good in terms of um, being critically pretty well received. I think Venom might be the uh, might be the exception. And there, Fantastic which, Beasts. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. That was that ended up being number ten. Um, um yeah, but they're yeah. all, but most of them are like you know based on you know already existing universal right. series and stuff like that. Right, which is unfortunate, but um. I think people are sort of doing their best to craft original stories around the ex- ex- the established universe, um, That's which true. is which is also admirable. Fair, and I I don't mind that. Like I think people should see what they want to see, but like I think people are also missing out on a lot of really good original stuff. Sure, absolutely. Um, if they if they decide to see if they're if they're you know weighing should I go see the new right. MCU movie or should I go see this new you know movie that Indie was at, that was that was at Sundance like yeah. and they choose 
the uh, the the MCU option, yeah. then sure they're missing out. But yeah, and and we will try. And I feel like we always do a good job of trying to uh, talk up like original content movies, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. uh like Overlord. Yeah, we both saw that. And, yeah, and loved it. Um, uh, or liked it a lot. Yeah, that was a uh, yeah an an an, uh, an original intellectual property that yeah. was um. Yeah, you have to go support that stuff. The, the and, thing and, is, and that was made more for the public than the right, than right. And the other, the other thing about it is like movies have always been like based on books. Sure. Like I think that it, I think it's a little overblown. Like, oh, there are no like original movies. Like, I mean, Gone with the Wind was based on a book. And the Wizard the, of Oz based on adjusted a adjusted for inflation. That is the highest grossing movie of all. Time, yeah. Gone with the Wind. Yeah. The my point is is like it doesn't need to necessarily be original IP. I just wish there was more diverse IP. That makes sense. Sure. Like, yeah, that's that's my big, my big thing. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, <clears throat> but I, I think there is a place for franchise filmmaking, and I think there is a place for, um, sort of really really yeah. talented filmmakers to, to be put into a franchise, such as a Ryan Johnson or a Ryan Coogler, which we saw this year. Yeah, and they just blew it out of the water. Absolutely, they really like, they almost reform it. I mean, Ryan Coogler really sort of reexamined how critics are going to look at franchise films for the next decade probably right i mean there are definitely enough talented people that we can have talented people in mm-hmm. comic book movies yeah it's up to the talented people to say you know what there's some there's a story i can tell with this yeah, um, yeah. instead of just saying like no i'm gonna st- keep making my indie sundance can film festival movies yeah so before we release our own um n- our own nominations and awards mm-hmm. do you have the actual nominees up I, I thought maybe we could just we don't have to go through all of the the categories. I know you don't want to do that, but, but you I have thought, the actual nominees. I yet. think I think we should at least say a few things that we like or don't like about the nominations in mm-hmm. the actual Academy Awards. Mm-hmm. Um, we I can to, start if sure. You want. Go ahead. Um, yeah, I don't like the fact that Vice was so well represented, and that's of the movies that I have a problem with. In the nominations, that's the one that I have seen. Um, well, there, there's two that I've seen. But Vice is a fine movie. It is extremely well acted by uh, Christian Bale. And we'll talk about that later. But as far as directing, a lot of the experimental stuff that Adam McKay tries to do is, like, doesn't work for me. Like, you know how in uh, Big Short he did, like, cutaway scenes? Have you seen Big Short? I've not seen Big Short. Okay, but well, he does cutaway scenes. Yeah, where I know he that's has... one of his sort of... Yeah, and he, uh, he does, like, cutesy things, like having, like, uh, Margot Robbie explain, like, subprime mortgages. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those all worked really well in the Big Short, and his cutaway scenes just didn't work so well for me in Vice. So it's weird to me that he's nominated for Best Director, and I thought it was kind of just, like, a fine movie, and I did not think. And and to not not to put too much stress on on review aggregators, yeah. Um, but as the Academy Awards become sort of this this definite movies like the best movies of the year, yeah. Uh, seeing a movie like Vice, which has a sixty one on Metacritic, being nominated is bizarre. Same with like Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. yeah. Um and I I mean Green Book had some sort of middling reviews in terms of I mean Green Book is sitting at a 68 I believe. Yeah, Green Book is uh I see why people have problems with it and I see why other people liked it and I see I understand both sides. It was a well-crafted, well-acted movie that had some problematic character mm-hmm. 
it to me. Mm-hmm. It just seems yeah. bizarre because it, it I feel like the Academy was always just sort of this collective of critics. Yeah. And it was almost like, you know, we have the Critics' Choice Awards, but it was almost like the Academy Awards just sort of were actually the Critics' Choice Awards. Yeah, except like patting each other on the back. Right, like right. Um, so the, it, it was it's, it was bizarre in that in that capacity, especially with those three. And then they had ten slots to nominate movies, and they only chose eight. Right. And two to three of those were not, I mean, were not critically all that well received. Yeah. So it's 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 a bizarre sort of. It is bizarre. Yeah. Like, who is the nomination of Vice for? It's not for the popular. It's not. No, for they, the that has a fifty six percent approval rating for the audience. It's just uh, it's just uh, you know the Academy patting itself on the back, like they like Adam McKay, and Adam McKay is talented and mm-hmm. funny. Mm-hmm. I real I I like Adam McKay. This is a misfire for him. Yeah. 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 So, so that um. For me, 2018, there were a lot of movies that I liked a lot and very few that I loved. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, I guess, is good. Uh, ultimately consistent. I did try to avoid movies I wasn't going to like. Um, such, yeah, as? such as? Such um, I mean, I didn't, I didn't see movies that were critically not very well received. Yeah. I would say Tag, Jurassic World 2, and um, Fantastic Beasts 2 were the three movies that I saw despite critical them them not being critically very well received yeah. um because i had movie pass at the time and they were free and right. i was on a road trip and we had just had some hours to kill so we saw some movies you know and i i get some flack sometimes about being a little too like you know kind of focused on critical reviews but it's like we have a limited amount of money and a limited sure. amount of time and why would i see something that's not yeah, it's a time. It's a time thing. And it's a money thing. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. Um, I think for me, it's a time thing more than a money thing. Because like, you could go see a matinee showing of something for six dollars. I I absolutely do that. Yeah, I, I, I do like too. I do yeah. too. Um, it just it's a time thing. You know, what, am I going to spend my time in a movie theater watching this? That, you know, the consensus people are telling me to not necessarily go see. Right. Um. What so about what about a movie that has a good uh, like audience score? You like that? With, with like just, a cinemascore.com or a, yeah, a Rotten Tomato? I don't take a lot of that into account. Okay. Um, because I like I like journalism uh, like that surrounds pop culture. Yeah, um, I me like, too. I like most critics. Um, or I have, a, I have a, gr- a, a group of critics that I follow that I feel, I feel attached to in some capacities. Because I feel as though their opinions line up with mine. I like the way that they, that they write. Um, I like their podcasts. You know, things like that. Right. Um, have you heard of Armin Dwight before we get into this? No. Are you not familiar with him? He's a, he's a famous critic, but he's, like, famous for being a contrarian. It's oh, real. So he's, he, a, he's a fun read. Okay. He, like, he hated The Dark Knight. He thought it was, like, too much. He was, like, all this movie is is, like, flash and, like, advertisements for products. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, I want to, yeah. He, okay. He has negative views of universally acclaimed movies. This is from Wikipedia. As The Dark Knight, There Will Be Blood, Up, Toy Story 3, and Get Out. On the other hand, he's championed movies like G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra, Jonah Hex, Grown Ups, and I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Great. So, I don't know. There's just like a counterpoint on like <laughs> film. Like, yeah, like that was your point about you like certain critics is a good one. Yeah. It's like. Armand White's opinions are factored into Rotten Tomatoes. Right. For some reason. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which will keep every movie from having a 100%. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> and every movie from having a zero. Percent. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Except for Flatliners. <laughs> yeah. That actually has, I believe, Is that a zero Ellen percent. Page? Um, 
It might be. I think it is, yeah. which is sad because I really like Rocky Horror. Yeah, a remake of a, of a movie that I don't think was all that good to begin with. <laughs> so, All right. Do you want to go? Without further ado, we're going to do uh, our we, – we, what we chose is sort of like the five categories that I think we feel most comfortable choosing, um, most comfortable looking at as, as technical – brilliance um those are the four acting categories yeah and best picture and i'll i'll name my best director and i'll probably name my mm-hmm. screenplays yeah i but, will uh, I, I did the same thing but i i don't have nominated because we were talking about this before we went on to air like at least for me if someone tells me a screenplay is good i can recognize oh yeah it's good or if someone tells me it's bad it's like yeah i can tell it's bad yeah uh, but like I, I never when I'm watching a movie, I'm like, damn, this screenplay is phenomenal. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I think I think I'm the same way. It's also just a, it's much easier to tell when they're bad than when they're good. Yeah. I could yeah. go on and on about movies that I think were poorly written this year more yeah. than I can go on about movies that were well written. Elite Battle of, Angel. Oh man, well, it's one of those things where it's like you notice it. If you don't notice it, that means it's really good. Yeah, exactly. It's like a, and like, you have to be looking for it. Yeah, like a good, good drummer in a band. Yeah. Like, you shouldn't know the drummer's there. Interesting. Yeah. I always try and, like, focus on the drummer for parts of it. But that's the way I listen to music. I try uh, and listen to yeah. music. Just, just in the way that, like, if you notice the drummer, unless he's, like, soloing or doing some kind of fill, like, that means he's not doing a good job. That's fair. If it, like, if you're trying to focus on the guitar and then you hear the drums. and Right. But it's weird for a screenplay to flex, like, with a drum solo. Right. You know? Right. So um, we're gonna do. We're gonna start with best supporting actor. Okay. Um, and then we're gonna go to supporting actress, then actor, actress, and then our best picture, and then we'll, round it out. Then we'll wrap it up with some movies that um, maybe obviously were left off of our lists um, yeah. because we didn't see them or and didn't like them that much. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, so best supporting actor. Would you like to do your no- nominees first? Yeah. Let's just exchange nominees and then we'll talk about winners. Mitchell's nominees for best supporting <laughs> actor. Yeah, we'll put some Oscar music in. <laughs> Daniel Kaluuya. For um, Widows. <laughs> Richard E. Grant okay. for Can You Ever Forgive Me? Colin Farrell for Widows. Adam Driver for Black Klansman. And Tom Waits for Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Interesting. Okay. Uh, my nominees are Michael B. Jordan for Black Panther. Daniel Kaluuya, also for Widows. Mark Rylance, Ready Player One. Mm. Colin Farrell, Widows, and I want to give a special shout-out to Robert Downey Jr. for Avengers Infinity War. Wow. Um, I thought he was the emotional grounding of that movie, and his, just looking back, I mean, I watched Iron Man 3 a couple nights ago, just looking at his journey as a human being and as Iron Man, like, Iron Man was sort of his his renaissance, because he was, like, really, I mean, he had, he had drug problems, and he was, like... I will play Iron Man for like $5,000 yeah. and he crushed it. Yeah. And so this is sort of like him being in Infinity War and being the the emotional leader sort of of this whole thing, especially that that side of the story. Yeah. Um, I, I thought he did that. a really really good job. Um is the, the thing about like Avengers and supporting actors is like they're he's all a supporting. Suppo- and he's a supporting actor in this, but he is a lead actor in the series. Right. You and know I what think I mean? he does probably the best job of transitioning over like he has his three own movies but yeah. in these three avengers movies plus captain america civil war i think cap does a good job too. i think well they're they're sort of the two yeah they're the two i'm surprised of the thing did you consider little cute little tommy holland for uh supporting for avengers over because I, I i i think the line that most people talk about are like yeah tom i don't feel so good Mr. tom holland does a good job in his scenes where he doesn't have his 
mask on. Yeah. But a lot of his work is done just as like a That's CGI Jello man That's with like with just with a voiceover. Good point. Good point. Um. So yeah, those are my those are my okay. those are my uh, nominees. Who is I, your winner? Yeah, I had a hard time not choosing Daniel Kaluuya because he was outstanding in Widows. He was menacing. Um, he had a fair amount of screen time. I feel the same way. Uh, I didn't go with him, though. I went with Richard E. Grant from Can You Ever Forgive Me, who's actually, I think, the favorite to win for the, the Academy Awards. Mm-hmm. He was the best part of the movie, I'd say, and that was that was one of my favorite movies of the year. Um, yeah, he just was full of uh, life and a, like just like a really interesting, fascinating, fun character. So I went cool. with Richard E. Grant. Very cool. Um my winner is Mark Rylance in Ready Player One. Wow. Um, he has a very interesting performance in this movie. Um, this is not a great movie. Uh, this is yeah. Spielberg, I think, wanting to just go back and like make something that he has fun doing um, after doing like The Post and uh, Bridge of Spies and these more intense um, dramas. Mark Rylance provides this really interesting performance because he is the creator of The Oasis, which is this like virtual reality MMORPG that people live in. Hmm. And he, just his line deliveries, he's such a, he's such an um, socially awkward individual, but he has to give these, like, public addresses sometimes, and his line deliveries are just so good. Yeah. He's like, if you're reading this, I'm dead, uh, so uh, it's going to be uh, a game. You ready to play uh, our game? And he's just, he's so charming, yeah. and he's really, really good, and I mean, it's Mark Rylance. He's, he's really great. He's really good. Yeah, I mean, that's, um, his, that's his second uh, best supporting win. Yeah. Because he won is, for uh, Bridge of Spies. Yeah, this is his sort of, um, this is his sort of um, Willy Wonka performance. Like, he, he serves that role. You know what? Posthumous Willy Wonka. You know what he was amazing in? What's that? Dunkirk. Very good in Dunkirk. He ruled Dunkirk. Yeah, very he's good. He's probably my favorite part of it. Very good in Dunkirk. Um, yeah, I, I also, I think I, I, I want to give a shout out to Tom Waits, his performance in uh, Buster Scruggs. I have a hard time giving Buster Scruggs anything just because it's such a weird yeah, it's an anthology for a movie. Yeah. Um, but he was fantastic in a mostly non-verbal uh, performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a gold prospector. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so he just, it was just like an old man digging for gold. Yeah, he just mumbles. Yeah. And Good mumbler. It, he's great. Yeah. His music, his yeah. acting, all mumble. All mumble. All mumble all the time. Tom Waits. Uh, no, that was – and he was he was really awesome. Like, he really got me emotionally attached to that part, that story in the anthology, despite the fact that, you know, we he didn't say anything. But he was just like – he was just a grinder. Mm-hmm. He, that was his character. I yeah. I want to talk a little bit about Michael B. Jordan and Black Panther because okay. it's a performance that I think is the most enigmatic for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I go back and forth. It's it's the 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 one I think um, performance on my in my nominations that I don't think is objectively great. Yeah. Um, because he go the first time I saw it, I thought he was awesome. Second time I saw it, I thought he was a, just a whiny brat. Yeah. And the interesting thing is that I think his character and his interpretation of the script lies somewhere in between those two. Mm-hmm. Um, where he is just a a whiny brat. He he is a whiny brat, but he's also a physically he walks Im- the walk. imposing. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he's very very interesting in that movie, and I think he is deserving of the um, award because I think his performance is complex, and um, for it to be so malleable in so many people's opinions, I think is really interesting. Yeah. 
um, because there are some people who are like, "What are you talking about? He was awful in that movie." Yeah, some, some people, and there are some people who are like, "He was fantastic." And I think that has to be said. There's a, there's there's a a dynamic there's a, there's a dynamic level to that performance. Um, yeah, I'll that be honest. People are so divided on. Yeah, I thought Black Panther was fine total. Yeah. I thought he was one of the stronger parts of Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just because he kind of stood out. Like all that, all the, a lot of the performances were kind of the same, other than uh, uh, T'Challa's sister who was awesome. Mm, yeah, sure. Um, she, she, and 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 Killmonger were really the only characters that like actually stood out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I I think that movie is at its is at its worst when it has to be a Marvel movie. Yeah. Um, there's like those big CGI fights, and that's the, that's the climax the of the movie. The rhinoceri. Yeah, the rhinoceri, and then them fighting in the train. Yeah. Uh, right. You know that that just gets that just looks like it's too gooey CGI people fighting. It's too, it looks very good, but yeah. it, it's it's a Marvel finale yeah. uh, in a lot of capacities. But then the scene with uh, T'Challa and Killmonger on the uh, on the cliff is pretty great. That's good. End. Yeah, it's a little. Uh, it was a little Last Jedi. A little. Yeah. And a little a little heavy handed, but um. Yeah. But I I think that's really good. So I'm glad we were able to talk about him a little bit. Okay, next supporting actress. Yeah, best supporting actress. I have you go first. Okay. My nominees are Emily Blunt for A Quiet Place, mm-hmm. Blake Lively for A Simple Favor, mm-hmm. Elizabeth Debicki, Widows, mm-hmm. Olivia Cook, Ready Player One, mm-hmm. and Jennifer Garner in Love, Simon. Okay. Um, yeah, sure. My nominations are Elizabeth Debicki, Widows, Zoe Kazan, Zoe Kazan mm-hmm. for, uh, for uh, Ballad of Buster Scruggs, okay. Marina de, T- de Tavera, de Tavira. I'm going to butcher her name because she is Mexican and I am not Mexican. Uh, but she was amazing in Roma, okay. um, to see Spacek in The Old Man and the Gun, and Elisabella, or sorry, Isabella Monaire from Instant Family. Okay. Yeah. Um, so very little overlap there. Yeah. Um, much less so than... I have a feeling what? I know who you would have said. Um, yeah, because it's bizarre that she Debicki, qualifies as right? a... No my, no, my winner is Emily Blunt. Oh! Um, she is fascinating because this... Mo- I don't think she says a word in this movie. Yeah, um, all of her performance is physical, facial. She has to be a pregnant woman in a time where she cannot make any sound. She has to be a mom, and she's a survivor. And it's interesting. I don't know why. I mean, she's pregnant in a time where they can't make any sound. Like that's pretty irresponsible. But like yeah. they're doing their best to just keep living. Um, and she has, she's so she's so motherly in this movie, and it's amazing that she is. She qualifies for being a, su- a supporting role, That's but it dumb. might it, it might be a lines thing, you know, because she yeah. doesn't have any. Well, isn't is Krasinski who is the best uh, lead? I'm sorry. Is he is he in the running for like Tony? I I would imagine so. Krasinski speaks more. Okay. I mean, Emily Blunt vocalizes once in this movie. Yeah, A Quiet Place is on my like thirty movie watch list. Yeah. Really cool. It's like eighty five minutes long. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I love Emily. My winner. I want to give shouts to Blake Lively though. I thought she was dope. In she, a was. Favor. she was. She um, was. Definitely was. Debicki's also awesome. Debicki rules. Um, Olivia best Cook president. is the best character in Ready Player One. She should have okay. been the lead. Um, and Jennifer Garner, I think, again, on just another great motherly performance. Yeah. The adults in Love Simon are all incredible. I'll be fully honest with you. I do not like Jennifer Garner. Oh, she's. I a think de- she's a Denison grad. So. She always plays the same character. Okay. Yeah. She, uh, she. I hadn't seen her in a while before yeah. this movie. Have you seen Juno? Yes. Yeah. She's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I yeah, I I liked her in Juno too. Yeah. Um. She, 
she does what she does really well. <laughs> yeah, she's good at it. Sure. Uh, yeah. Anyway, my – do you want to guess mine? You wanted to guess mine, which was Debicki, so I'm going to guess yours is Debicki. Nope, mine's Zoe Kazin. Interesting. From, okay. uh, I know I just said I, w- I wouldn't give anything to Buster Scruggs, <laughs> but I totally lied. But, uh, yeah. Uh, Zoe Kazin's performance was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, her story was about she and her brother were going west in, like, covered wagons. And this was after. I'm explaining this to you because you have This is after. I yeah, this is after yeah, you stopped yeah. watching. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so she and her brother are going to going west to Oregon in covered wagons. And her brother, like, dies almost instantly. And her brother's the one taking care of all the money. And she's supposed to have, like, some husband waiting for her, like, some future husband waiting for her in Oregon and mm-hmm. all of this is kind of out the window and it's just kind of about her she like has to like learn how to live independently on the spot and she like meets a dude and it's really really good she's she yeah she is her for 15 minutes 20 minutes she is uh you know displays like a wide array of like emotions and whatnot mm-hmm. and it takes kind of this tragic turn I don't know. She's she's yeah. excellent. I thought that was the best part of Buster Scruggs. I thought Buster Scruggs was at his very best when she was there. Yeah, um, yeah. That's what's tough because I I I wanted to I Tim Blake Nelson. I wanted to be almost that entire movie. Tim Blake Nelson was great. And then he exits the screen in like the ten minute mark, and I was yeah. like, oh, well, that kind of <laughs> sucks. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, Tim Blake Nelson. More Tim Blake Nelson. Till sorry, more Tim Blake Nelson in my life means better life. Yeah, because I love Tim. He rules in that movie. He's great, um, and I, I think I just I lost a little, a lot of interest when he left the screen. That's fair. The Coens always do Tim Blake Nelson well. Yeah. Um, anybody else you want to talk about in your nominations? You want to um, give a shout out to? Was it was it was it a tough choice for you? Debicki's great. Uh, it wasn't that tough of a choice. I I I thought this was by far the strongest part of this movie that mm-hmm. I really enjoyed. Cool. Um, but I I think it was. Uh, best actor, you go first this time. Sure. My best actor nominations are Robert Redford for The Old Man and the Gun, Ryan Gosling for First Man, John David Washington for Black Klansman, Christian Bale for Vice, and Bradley Cooper for A Star is Born. This was my hardest one to find nominees for. Okay. Uh, for best actor, my nominees are Lakeith Stanfield in Sorry to Bother You, Ethan Hawke, First Reformed, Joaquin Phoenix in You Are Never Really Here, Logan Marshall Green in Upgrade, and I'm going to fight for my boy, Alden Ehrenreich in Solo, <laughs> A Star Wars Story. That's hilarious. Um, that might be the, the hottest take of this podcast. Um, I'll start with Ehrenreich just because I, I feel like I have to explain it. Han Solo is a character archetype. Like, he, since 1977, Han Solo has just become, like, a character trope or a character type in movies, and that is the the secondary sort of male lead who is sort of he doesn't care and and he's like your your wild card your ace in the hole and this movie had to set up Han Solo as its main character and I think Alden Ehrenreich brought a lot of charisma and added some more layers to Han Solo that weren't there before almost to the point where Han Solo wasn't where people were like oh his performance wasn't Han Solo and I'm like that's fine this movie functions better as a not Han Solo movie because you Han Solo is he's he's a type. You have a Han Solo type of character now and when you tell your hero's journey story, which is the guy you meet halfway along the way who, you know, has a heart of gold sort of hidden under this sort of 
safe. And Alden Ehrenreich has to tackle that as well as being the lead in his own movie. I think he does that really well, and I'm excited to see if Alden Ehren, if they make any more movies with Han, with Alden Ehrenreich as Han Solo, how he can actually f- dive into being the Han Solo type character because he will be on more of the periphery. Okay. Han Solo is the far more interesting character than, than Luke Skywalker. And, yeah, that's true. And in this movie, Han Solo has to be Luke Skywalker and is still more interesting than Luke Skywalker. Okay, I I have no takes on yeah. this take because you haven't because you haven't seen, seen it, it yet. Yeah, yeah. You're, and you're not as much of a Star Wars guy as yeah, I am. Yeah, that's true. All right, who are your who are your? Uh, oh, you, my... you did your nominations. Already, oh yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I can. Uh, I think Christian Bale was amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes I didn't even realize it was Dick Cheney on screen. Uh, you mean it was him on screen? Sorry, sometimes I thought it was Dick Cheney yeah, on okay, screen. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was yeah. That would mean he was a bad actor. <laughs> I didn't right? even realize he was playing Dick Cheney. <laughs> no. Uh, no, oh, that was Christian Bale the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> yeah, Wait, I thought it was Phil Donahue. Yeah, that's an indictment. <laughs> no, no, he was he was really strong in a, in a movie that had several performances, which were like Steve Carell doing an impression of Donald Rumsfeld, or you know Sam Rockwell doing an impression of George W. Bush. He like lived and breathed Dick Cheney, and that was really strong. I nominated Bradley Cooper because I couldn't think of another person. John David Washington was real strong. Uh, as um, as an FBI agent under no as a police officer rather uh, going undercover as uh, a member of the KKK that was really cool mm-hmm. um, but at the end of the day I went with uh, Robert Redford for the old man and the gun this is kind of almost a lifetime achievement award in a way this is supposed to be his last movie and right. he said that several times so maybe it won't be but he is one of the capital MS movie stars of all time yeah um he's outstanding in the old man and the gun uh i'll talk about the movie more when we go through best picture but he gives a really really great performance he is tasked with playing a charming subdued old bank robber and he blows it out of the water he's awesome yeah cool um yeah this movie is worth seeing for sure cool uh, great great movie. yeah uh, yeah awesome um, my winner is Ethan Hawke for First Reformed. He was absolutely, I believe, snubbed by the Oscars. Um, this is a really, really tough movie. Um, not one that I'm not sure I'll ever watch again. Um, I bought it on DVD and, I mean, on Blu-ray, and uh, it's tough. I don't know how else to describe it. I mean, there's very little to ground yourself on in terms of um, feeling good, and um, Ethan Hawke does a really good job of making you side with him um not that there's a whole lot of sides to be taken but uh ethan hawk plays a um a pastor of a of a very very small church that's sort of been gobbled up by a larger congregation and um you know he's patronized almost the entire movie because he's still he preaches in front of like seven people every sunday while uh, you know li- literally across the street there's this giant congregation um and he sort of he meets with um, Amanda Seyfried and her husband who um, her husband wants to get um, an abortion because he is um, he's worried about the state of the environment and so he turns Ethan Hawke on to being a sort of environmental activist while oh, cool. also being a pastor um, which tears him apart because a lot of his colleagues are saying like oh well it's you know God God will do his work 
And Ethan Hawke's like, no, things are getting really bad. Like, that sounds, know, the coral reefs are dying. <laughs> you've made me more upset with myself for not seeing um, yeah, it came out like in a, we- at a weird time. I think it was like a February yeah. or a March release. Um, it's been on my radar since then. Yeah, he's really, really good, really captivating. Um, not somebody that I ever really took all that seriously until this movie. Really, I yeah. lo- I've always loved him. Yeah, I mean, maybe it was because I only I only saw him in like his bad movies. Have you seen Boyhood? Uh, no. Oh man, you guys see I know, Boyhood? You love Linklater. I do love Linklater, but he's also great in that movie. Yeah. Uh, Logan Marshall Green shouts, um, he does a good job facially acting because his body is doing these amazing things, these amazingly violent things, and, like, his mind is not controlling them. Yeah. So he's, you know, slicing people open and stuff, and he so has like, to be disgusted with the with the way his body is moving. <laughs> it's impressive physical acting. Yeah, absolutely. And it's shot really well, too. Cool. Um, yeah, the camera kind of, like, bends with him and things like that. Yeah. It's, it's a really nice, uh, it's a really cool theatrical experience. That's awesome. Yeah. You want to go first with her best actress? Sure. I only have four nominees for this one. This is the one I had the toughest time with. Um, best actress, my nominees are Viola Davis for Widows, Claire Foy for First Man, Kira Knightley in Colette, and Natalie Portman in Annihilation. Okay. My nominees for best actress are Olivia Cook for Thoroughbreds, okay. uh, Claire Foy for First Man, Lady Gaga for A Star is Born, Lady Gaga, <laughs> Melissa McCarthy for Can You Ever Forgive Me, and... First time actor Yulitsa Aparicio for Roma. Okay. Um, and the award goes to. You want me to go first? Yeah. Uh, my winner is Claire Foy. Claire for, Foy. First man. Um, she is. She's great. She's great. She understands her responsibility in this movie, which is to be a person. <laughs> she, but like the thing, I, I not to like jump in on your segment here. Sure. But, like, no, go ahead. She plays this thankless role of like you know grounded stay-at-home mom who's taking care of the kids and nags his husband her husband like literally grounded because her husband's going into outer space yeah yeah (laughs) and uh she does not she comes across as a very sympathetic character Mm -hmm. which i think that is hard to do when your character is written just to be a kind of a, a you know kind of to tell your main character, like, hey, don't do this. Like, yeah. just nagging your main character. Right. And yet, yeah, she, yeah I'll let she's you talk. never annoying. Yeah. Um, and and the, the, the goal of this movie, I guess, in terms of the plot line, is they're trying to get to the moon. And to have a character who's like, don't go to the moon, don't go to the moon, but also not be a villain or an antagonist in some capacity. Yeah, she's yeah she she's the one that makes the most sense. Because going to the moon is, on its sur- uh, on the surface, just like a way to show that you have a bigger dick than the Russians. Yeah, um, that's all it was. That's know, what it was the, for the, the United space States. Race. Sure, I'll, I'll talk about first man more. Yeah, for for the astronauts, of course, it was about more than that. But she's not an astronaut, so she's the the sort of champion of this sort of. She's she's right. I mean, she's the champion she of is. this is ludicrous what you're doing. Yeah, w- wasn't she? The one she she went into NASA and was like, "You are little boys playing with toys right yeah. now. You have no idea what you're doing." Right. Yeah. yeah. That was that was great. That yeah. was that was the line of the movie. And it's I think even more um, attributed to her and her her power in the performance is that I never expected um, it was Jimmy. What's the actor's name? Uh, Jimmy something. Smiths. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy Stewart. No. Um, <laughs> to to snap back and say, "Well, what do you?" Yeah. You know, because like she came in and she blew this whole thing up and then just like left. 
Yeah. It was like, and uh, he was clearly shaken by it. Yeah. By her words. Uh, she's, yeah, she's superb in this movie. Yeah, she's great. I, I, uh, I really liked her. She's probably my number two choice. Or maybe number three. Melissa McCarthy is also excellent and can really save me. But I'm going to go with uh, Yolita Aparicio from Roma. Um, acting is about a lot of things. There can be different kinds of performances, but Yolita Aparicio's performance in Roma is so realistic. She is. It is just so naturalistic. And it, it, part of it's just the movie is that way. Like, the movie is very slice of life. It is kind of like a, a, a very small-scale epic, like in terms of like a very personally told epic, mm-hmm. um, and she is so likable and relatable, and you know, so she's playing a like a, a maid for an upper middle class family, whose husband is leaving the family, mm-hmm. and it's you know it's kind of like about her relationships with the family and her life in, um, you know, in this neighborhood. It's called Roma after the neighborhood in Mexico City that they live in. Uh, so it's about that. She becomes pregnant, and the father abandons her, and so she has to deal with her pregnancy with the family, while the family is also dealing with the father leaving. And it is, she just, she is a maid, and she's a friend, and she's a member of the family, and she plays all of these roles so very realistically. And yeah, she's at, at the climactic emotional moment. She uh, she moved me to tears for sure. She was excellent. Um, I, I think everyone should see Roma. It's not an easy movie, but uh, you know, if if for no other reason, you gotta see this movie. Yeah, cool. Um, I don't know where I got Jimmy from. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, was it Ron was, Livingston? His name is Kyle Chandler. Oh, Kyle Chandler. Uh, I confuse Ron Livingston and Kyle Chandler. They yeah, look the yeah, same yeah. to me. And I think I made some sort of weird like six degrees of separation with King Kong. <laughs> he plays a character named Bruce Baxter in that movie, but there's a character named Jimmy in that movie. Man, that's a so, stretch. Yeah, I was way off. <laughs> and he plays Deke Slayton in, gotcha. uh, in First Man. Yeah, First Man's like full of these like random actors that you know from the 70s. Just guys that look like they'd be white guys in the 60s. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Yeah. And um, Ryan Gosling. Yeah, like, <laughs> like if they had to recast Mad Men, yeah. it would be like those guys. Except... With only one note for the first time. Right, sure. Yeah. Um, How dare you talk about Mad Men that way? No, 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 no. I, no. I, I'm just kidding. I, I'm, I'm just, just saying, kidding. like, everybody who's in Mad Men looks like they would be in, med, like, the funny the thing is, if you look at them, like, for, for me, because I've seen them more in Mad Men than mm-hmm. anything else, but it's like when you see them in their 2010s outfits and, like, beards and stuff, it's like, yeah, it looks what? incorrect yeah yeah it's like pete campbell in the concert <clears throat> well i don't know if you knew this but in uh a lot of the cast of mad men is given um they're part of the cast of this like rockstar video game la noir yeah i did know which that. also takes place around that same time yeah <laughs> so yeah, they were yeah. like all oh, these guys have the faces for all this stuff and like the <laughs> and they all they all give facial it was like a new a new um New technology, which you could do like face captures for video games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, L.A. Noir was kind of a showcase for that. So a lot of the cast of Mad yeah. Men was also Kenny in... Cosgrove. Yeah, Mad Men is was, the star yeah, of the, sh- yeah, of the Cole star of the games. Yeah, yeah Cole Fels, Cole Fels. That's right. But a lot of the like office workers in yeah. Mad Men play tertiary, secondary. Yeah, I remember that because yeah. I loved I loved L.A. Noir. Yeah, pretty wild, pretty wild. So I and I I played L.A. Noir before I saw Mad Men. 
That's why I was like, oh my god, Kenny Cosgrove is Cole <laughs> Phelps. It wasn't yeah. the other way. It wasn't the other way around. It was the other way around for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sure it was more cool for you because <laughs> you love that show so much. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. Um, so we're on to the big one. Um, our Best favorite picture. movies of 2018. And I, I, I wanted to go with my favorite. Maybe not the best. Um, but Good. yeah, go ahead. All right. My nominees are Thoroughbreds, Black Klansman, The Old Man and the Gun, First Man, Can You Ever Forgive Me, Widows, Roma, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Cool. We have two. Wait. Can I guess? Two. Yes. Widows and Spider-Man. Yes. Okay. Uh, my favorites were Mission Impossible, Fallout. That would also be my choice for best director. Um, wow. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse would be my choice for best screenplay. Widows, Avengers Infinity War, Love, Simon, Incredibles 2, Black Panther, Upgrade, You Were Never Really Here, and A Quiet Place. Okay. My uh, my my best director is definitely Alfonso Cuaron for Roma. Uh, okay. Um, he also was director of photography which usually is not the director like yeah usually they hire very, someone to do that. very personal um endeavor for him yeah yeah so that was awesome and just i think the, the director i mean the cinematography was beautiful i would give him that as well <laughs> and uh and and then as far as screenplay i would probably give um best adapted to um oh it's tough between widows or black clans I'll go with. I didn't know that the Black Clans was original. I mean, I guess that's based on a true story. Yeah, does that count? I don't Maybe know. It's original. I, I'll give original weird. to Black Clansman. Weird, 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 weird. What? Adapted is weird. Yeah, I'll give Black Clansman original and Widows um, adapted. Cool, I like it. And then my best picture, with apologies to Black Clansman, The Old Man and the Gun, and Roma. I'm gonna go with First Man. Yeah, First Man was my favorite. I think that's a movie that people are going to look back on more fondly than they I did in 2018. I am, I am flabbergasted that this movie was not nominated for anything. It's not being talked about at all. I wonder this, if the Academy is just a little sick of Giselle. It's possible, but, like, they're not sick of Coron. Yeah, but I think Coron's a better person. Coron's less annoying. Is he? Yeah, Giselle's pretty annoying. I don't know. I like Giselle. Giselle's on a high horse for making three good movies. I think Giselle, uh, I, I don't know. Giselle's... Giselle strikes me as a person who is grounded but knows he's grounded. Like he, sure. Yeah. Um, first Man, for me, it just hits such a, a personal note because I think, you know, you always say this movie is about going to the moon, but for me, it's not a space movie. This movie could be about, you know, soldiers going off to battle. This movie could be about, like, firemen putting out their big fire. It's just about mm-hmm. someone putting their life in danger and grieving poorly and, uh, you know, masculinity and how, um, you know, how are, how are we, how are men, quote unquote, supposed, supposed to, with air quotes, respond to loss and things like that. Mm -hmm. And um, it just, I I don't think there's ever been a movie that touches on those, those themes so well. Uh, And maybe it is personal for me because i feel those things like mm-hmm. how a- am i supposed to express emotions as a man when like society tells me i shouldn't be expressing my emotions and and you know am i is it like i just started crying at movies and i like crying at movies but mm-hmm. like 
for the first 22, 23 years of my life, I never cried in movies because it's like same way. <laughs> so how, bizarre. How can like how how and men aren't supposed to like show their emotions, which is right. dumb. That's like a dumb thing that society has said. That I, mean, I said right, but I mean wrong. Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> and uh, and I think first man just like hits on those things so perfectly. I mean, maybe this is not the story that we needed in twenty eighteen. Maybe we need you know we need more stories about not white males. And maybe that's part of the reason too. Like, and I, I, I completely am with that. But just first man stuck, like struck such a personal chord with me that I, I have no choice but to use this moment to talk about it. Yeah, as you know, I'm a big, um, I'm a big rewatchability fan. Yeah. Um, and I, I think we talked about this when we reviewed First Man. Is I don't think I'm ever gonna watch that movie again. I could watch it tomorrow. And the next day? And the next day. Okay. That's yeah. In, yeah, see, that's interesting. Um, so, I, man, I, a lot of these movies I liked a lot, and there are three, maybe four that I love. Um, those four are Widows, Mission Impossible, Fallout, Love, Simon, and Incredibles 2. And you gave it? Before I saw it a second time, that would have been the case. Ah. I think the best I, – I, my favorite movie of 2018 was Love, Simon. Okay. Um, simple in its – simple in its um, – in, in theory. Yeah. But completely flawless in its execution. Interesting. And it, it could have been bad. It could have been very ham-fisted. Yes, it yeah. could have been very. I mean, there's there's a little bit of him being bullied because he's gay. Yeah, but it's just so, and and it could have, and this is part of the source material as well, um, because it's based off of the book, um, Simon versus the Homo sapien Homo sapiens agenda. Hmm. Is what the book is called. I and, didn't even know. That. And the the basic premise is the same. I mean, he knows his parents are gonna be okay with it. Um, he's not worried about not being accepted. But it still weighs on him, and I think that's the story that needed to be told because it's just a it's just a romantic comedy movie, right? Um, it it the Simon being a a gay person is almost secondary to it, um, yeah. And and I think it was I think it was it was handled well in that because you know him him coming out to to his friends, yeah. or him not coming out to his friends, rather. Um, spoilers, I suppose. You know, yeah. him, his his unwillingness to come out to his friends because he thinks that they'll look at him differently. I mean, all these all these things that could have been, as you said, much more ham-fisted, much more heavy-handed, yeah. um, that weren't, and it was just handled with a lot of grace and love. And this is a movie that's like, I just, it makes me cry because I'm I'm, it makes me just a little bit more in love with the world. Yeah. And maybe it's a little bit idealistic in that way, but yeah, I mean all the again, and I said all I said um, earlier. I think all the adults in this movie are like people that watch this movie should aspire to grow up to be. Yeah, um, they're accepting. They're they're funny. I mean, their prin- the principal's hilarious, or the vice principal. I don't think we ever meet meet the actual principal. It's always the vice principal. Yeah. Um, I can't remember who he he's in. Um. I can't remember what else I've seen him in. Oh, he's in um, Unfortunate Events a little for a little bit. Um, but yeah, Jennifer Garner's great. Josh oh, du- it's uh, Josh it's Tony Duhamel's Hale. Great. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's from uh, Arrested Development. That's what I thought. Yeah. Okay. okay, and and uh, Vice as well. No, Veep. Sorry, Veep. Yeah, Veep. okay. Yeah. The um, 
yeah, Josh Duhamel's great. Jennifer Garner is great. The woman who plays, um, the actress who plays the um, theater director is great. These are all just hopefully what 21st century adulthood looks like. And I think they're a good, they're, they're well, they're well represented and not maybe not too idealistic in that yeah. regard. Okay. This is my, I liked Love, Simon a lot. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, I, I like high school movies. I like teen movies. Mm-hmm. They remind me a lot of like 80s teen movies. Mm-hmm. Um, that's an example of a story that needed to be told in 2018. I, I, I hear you when you say like, oh, it, it, you know, his, his sexuality was secondary and mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. to the movie. But to the public, it was the like the gay coming of age movie. That's how it was. That's yeah. how it, that's yeah. how it was. Yeah, and that's and and I mean that in a good way. Like that is that is um, how it was marketed, and I think it was very successful. Um, if this was a, I don't think this movie is made if it's if his sexuality is straight, just because like no. Because this—that's a story that's been told several times, or if it many, has many been made, times, yeah. or if it is made, it's not nearly as popular. But his 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 homosexuality, his sexuality affects the story in such a positive way. Yeah, I, 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 I really liked it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wouldn't go on like my list of best movies of the year, but because for that reason, because like it is so, it is almost like an homage. It's so like those '80s teen movies. Mm-hmm. And I like those a lot. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I always, I do, I, I like homages a lot, yeah. actually. So maybe that's why it affected me. Um, yeah, Widows would have been my favorite maybe a couple weeks ago. I saw Widows on DVD, um, and I still think it's really, really good. That movie rules. Um, now, would you give Best an, Animated to Spider-Man or to yes. Incredibles 2? I think Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is me the too. better movie. Yeah, I would give it. Um, the better, more original movie. I do think Incredibles 2... Um, has grown on me a lot, but I, I think in terms of, of originality and, like, animation, the technical aspect of the animation of Incredibles 2 is amazing. Yeah. I mean, the characters look so good in terms of they look, like, they look very clean and they look very resemblant to human beings. Yeah. Whereas Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse has a very distinctive art style that yeah. is exclusive to that movie. That was one of those movies that's, like, like two minutes and you're like, oh, I don't know. I like this. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get used to this in yeah. like five minutes. And you're like, "Yep, this rules." Yeah, this is yeah, dope. It's yeah. great. <laughs> um, you, there's this. There's this long. I mean, it's, I almost want to call it a shot, but it's not a shot because it's animated. Yeah. Where Miles is sort of walking through town. Yeah. And he like speaks Spanish to some person, and then someone goes like, "Miss you, Miles." And he's like, "Wait, wait, you miss me?" <laughs> you know, it was, it was a girl. He's like, "Wait, you do?" Yeah. Um, and it's just you love that kid so much. You know what's funny is those walking through town scenes are always memorable. Like there is a ver- an extremely memorable shot or two in Roma of um, the main character Cleo walking through town. Cool. It's like those scenes always rule. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know. I don't know if it's the if it's the technical execution of it because yeah. like everything has to be sort of moving in one in one place. Right. Um, Just like the amount of things that happen on the screen. Yeah. 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 Um, Gives it a lot of rewatchability. I'm fired up for that movie to come out on home media. Yeah. I'm we'll watch that the day it comes out. Yeah. I'll buy it on Blu-ray or DVD and watch it as when I get home. Um, really, really good. Yeah. Um, but I bought I bought Love Simon on DVD and I've watched it four times since. Wow. And it's uh really, really I mean, it's I don't know that I need to watch another romantic comedy. Like Wow. What what stories do they tell that, that this one doesn't? I don't know. I feel like maybe Adult romantic comedies are like 
Sure, right. sure. But a, teen. Sort of a teen romantic comedy like sure. that you don't need anymore. Sure. And it, honestly, the teen romantic comedy has kind of left theaters a little bit. Yeah. Um, it's a Netflix thing. And now. I don't know if maybe Love, Simon was responsible for that. Isn't Well, wasn't To All the Boys I've Kissed Before supposed to be like the good teen rom-com that a that lot of people watch? It was a Netflix movie, though, yeah. wasn't it? And it was. So, and it was. Um, uh, what was the other one? The um, Set It Up. That's Yeah, Set It Up. It stinks. Both, Everyone liked both it. Both Netflix it movies, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Did Love, um, Simon kill the theatrical rom-com? Maybe, but that's... At least for the time being. Yeah. Like, maybe people... Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I love that now, movie. I will say, um, Alfonso Cuaron gets my best director. Mm-hmm. I think he will win best director. Mm-hmm. But I am rooting for Spike Lee. Uh, I want Spike Lee to win something. Spike terrible. Lee has made so many good movies. I mean, he was... Ro- his, his magnum opus was completely snubbed at mm-hmm. the Academy Awards. Do the right thing. Um... And was that a movie that just has has grown in its? Because I wasn't. I don't think I was like that conscious of it when it was when it was released. Well, you weren't alive. I it wasn't. Was, al- it was, was nineteen eighty nine. Uh, okay, I thought it was either eighty nine or ninety nine. Um, yeah, nineteen eighty nine. Um, it rules. Yeah, I think it was just like. Because I was like, it's a. It's kind of like a nineties movie. It has a kind of nineties aesthetic, but yeah, like eighty nine. Yeah. yeah, but I was like, is it ninety nine or is it eighty nine? Because nineties would probably fit either billing. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, I see. What you're no, it's um, yeah. I I don't know how it did, um, mm-hmm. at the time. It's one of those movies that maybe has become. It's grown into an important of. movie. Yeah. Um, okay. Apparently, it was nominated for best original screenplay and best supporting actor by Danny or er, by uh Danny Aiello, like the only main white character in the movie. Oh. <laughs> Oops. Um, yeah, that's ridiculous. Um, yeah, do the right things. Awesome. It's got a, I mean. Spike Lee playing, playing, acting in it and directing and writing and producing it is impressive, obviously. Yep. And it's got great performances by, uh, I, I particularly remember Giancarlo Esposito in it, which is mm-hmm. cool because uh, I watched Breaking Bad first and he is very, very memorable in Breaking Bad. And oh, cool. then you see him in this movie and you're like, oh my God. Yeah. Um, I saw that movie on a laptop um, because I watched it with somebody for a film class. I was looking at it sort of with that technical eye, and maybe I would enjoy it more if I just watched it. I buy as, that. as what it is. Yeah, you should watch it. Because for the because I wasn't taking the class, so I was like, I wonder why they're having them watch this. <laughs> so I was like looking for some sort of like technical sort of like like when, when did you take Century of Film at Hawkins? So when so th- for that class, for every movie that we watched, there was something like technically advanced about that movie that would like push the boundaries or show a certain sort of. Um, filmmaking style that would become popularized, but this, it was like the catalyst of all those things. So, like when I was watching Do the Right Thing, I was like, "What is this? You know, what's what's the shot that they're going to use a bunch? That's going to be the one that gets recycled and reused by other people." Yeah, I want to talk a little bit about A Quiet Place, just briefly because it made so much money at the it box office, and it costs like five dollars. Yeah, wait, um, how much did it cost? Let me see. Hold on, budget. Give the numbers up. Uh, according to Wikipedia, the budget is somewhere in the seventeen to twenty-one million dollar range, and at the box office, it made three hundred forty point nine million dollars. Oh, I wonder how much John Krasinski got paid. I don't know. It was kind of his project, you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he does a great job with that movie. It's actually really well shot too. Um, I'm excited about John Krasinski. I'm excited for him to perhaps legitimize himself as a a good director of movies. I'm not convinced. Um, he still he still considers himself an actor who directs. Um, which I think is cool, um, but I don't know that I don't know that his next movie is as successful. Um, 
and I, but I, I don't think that the success of A Quiet Place is due to John Krasinski being the director, and that was what drew people in. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, like people love John Krasinski. I do too. But like, yeah. I feel how, like our generation, you you know? our generation is also he, our, <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Our generation is obsessed with The Office. Yeah. So, but he's I, such a he's such a non problematic like family guy. You yeah, know, he's great. That, that and I think uh, one of the things that I really like about his relationship is I think his wife is talented than he is sure and i think he yeah. thinks that too yeah <laughs> um, yeah exactly yeah there's a really great interview with him on the big picture um, yeah and he talks about how he was just like blown away by by emily's performance in this movie she yeah. like you know she gives birth in the bathtub that's not a spoiler that's like on the cover of the dvd um and she was like all right when's lunch you know <laughs> and he yeah. was like are you kidding me <laughs> um yeah no she she kicks ass that movie that movie rules uh you're never really here is a uh, is another tough one it's um it's brutal it's um really kind of dark it reminded me a lot of drive and its execution and its pacing of like you think drive is kind of like an action movie and it's it's not um it's much more about this sort of like surly character learning how to be a, a good person um upgrades really cool we talked about that a little bit before with logan marshall green that's kind of like the better venom movie yeah that's like kind of what it like was. if you yeah if, if you watched venom i mean it's funny too because it has like discount tom hardy logan marshall green like looks a lot like tom hardy that's funny. he does <laughs> I, mean, I didn't realize that um and uh yeah black panther we talked about a little bit incredible 2 we talked about a little bit avengers infinity war i thought was executed really really well um it surprised me in a lot of ways um i thought it was with a movie such as that, I thought, I, I can't imagine them doing it any other way, but those, like, kind of 25, 30-minute episodes yeah, um, compiling into this greater thing. Yeah. Um, that's a very rewatchable re movie. I might go rewatch that tonight. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Um, I only saw it the one time in theaters, and I enjoyed it, but it was, like, you know, it was, like, episode eight of a six-month season. You were, like, you're yeah. not going to go back and watch that. Well, yeah. yeah, I might, but it's, like, it's part of a thing. Mm -hmm. It's not, it doesn't. It doesn't really work for me by itself. Yeah, I watched Ragnarok more focused a couple nights ago. I think Ragnarok's a better movie. Uh, I agree. Um, Ragnarok has a bit more just characters. It stands alone better. Yeah, it. I love Ragnarok. Um, that might be one of my favorite Marvel movies now that I've actually paid attention to it. So you have a long, long list of movies that you wanted to see. <laughs> yeah, you want me? To, I'm gonna read it real quick. If that's sure, cool. go ahead. All right, movies that I meant to see, 2018 edition. Annihilation, Death of Stalin, Isle of Dogs, A Quiet Place, You Were Never Really Here, Blind Spotting, Lean on Feet, Sorry to Bother You, Disobedience, First Reformed, Upgrade, Eighth Grade, Teen Titans Go to the Movies, Miseducation of Cameron Post, Crazy Rich Agents, Mid 90s, The Favorite, Cold War, The Kindergarten Teacher, Burning, Paddington 2, Leave No Trace, If Beale Street Could Talk, Support the Girls, Private Life, Thunder Road, Three Identical Strangers, The Sisters Brothers, Blaze, and Tully. Whew! That's a lot of movies. Okay, I'm gonna read mine a little bit slower because they'll take up the same amount of time. <laughs> uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, I didn't see. Um, don't know if I'm going to see it. Uh, a Star is Born, didn't see, probably should see it, just to say I did, so people stop asking me if I've seen it. Yeah. Um, so I can have, I, so I can have opinions on it. You should watch the first third of it, and then turn it off. That's what I've heard, I heard the first third is really good. The first third brought me to tears, and then the second two thirds brought me to it's tears. It's just like a Hollywood movie yeah. about music. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Aquaman, I wanted to see, I thought the visuals looked really cool. Might not translate to the small screen very well, but I... I have this like weird fear slash wonder of undersea life. And I've heard there's this place called the trench, which is like 
just full of like scary sea creatures, and I kind of want to see that really badly. Yeah, that sounds cool. Um, the favorite I might catch on like pay per view or something. I think it's out of theaters pretty much now. Yeah. Uh, Black Klansman. I tried to find the uh, DVD somewhere, but all I had was Blu-ray and 4K. Um, and that's that's another movie that maybe I won't ever watch again. And I made that mistake with First Reformed. I spent 16 bucks on a Blu-ray, and then I was like, well, I don't know. You'll probably watch Black Klansman. It's yeah. not it's not any fun. Okay. Uh, Sisters Brothers. I wanted to see that movie. Made like two million dollars at the box office. That must have been open for like a week in three places. Yeah. Um, but I saw a trailer for it somewhere somehow, and uh, if Beale Street could talk, which I think we both talked about, um, that's a that's a big. That seems like that's maybe that and the favorite are probably the two essentials. The thing about if Beale Street could talk is I really like a lot of the actors in it. Particularly, I hear David Tyree Henry is Brian. Wow, Brian okay. Tyree I, Henry. I said that Kyle Chandler's name was Jimmy. So. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> no, uh, Brian Tyree Henry, I hear is fantastic in it, uh-huh. uh, and I hear Regina. King is fantastic in it. I hear Emily Blunt is in it. Those are two of my favorite actors. If Beale Street could talk, is playing at Richmond right now. Oh. 6.55, 9.45, and 3.45 p.m. Hmm. Um, Anywho. We could see that, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> anywho. That, that one's still in theaters. That was, a, that was one if that you was wanna, interesting. If you want to come join us at Richmond Theater. Because <laughs> people were talking about this movie a long time ago, and I feel like, yeah. I feel like it, it... And people were talking about seeing it with us. I heard a lot of people on the internet talking about seeing Oh, no, no, <laughs> I was like, we talked about with us. Uh, yeah, so September 9th, it came out at uh, Toronto International Film Festival. Yeah, TIFF, baby. Um, and it came out in the United States in December, uh, December 14th. So it's been around a while. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. that's a, that's one I, I, I think I'd like to see. Well, do you have any, any last thoughts before we close off? Um, we talked about kind of what we're looking forward to in uh, in 2019 already. Yeah. So, um, no, I don't. Are you going to watch the Oscars? I don't know. If I'm sitting on my couch at that time, maybe. It'd be nice if they had a host. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. We should talk about that. I think I told you about the only other time they didn't have a host. Did I tell you about that? You did. You did. Okay. Yeah. So, basically what happened was they had Snow White do a, like, big song and dance number in in the in the opening and the actress who played her her career was completely ruined from this nine minute montage it is oh my god it is so cringy it is awful and the best part is like half of it is a duet with rob lowe playing rob lowe and it's Uh, really funny you know just get james corden Uh, you know like i don't even i I don't want james corden but he'll do it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they should, uh, yeah, they they should get Donald Glover. <laughs> he, he would, would never, never do it. Do it. <laughs> no, he wouldn't, but it would make it an enjoyable watch. Yeah, I'm not going to watch them. Yeah. I might, re- I might read about them the next day. I'll look at who won, for sure. Um, read about whatever catastrophe happens, like last year with uh, Moonlight and uh, was La La Land. That was two years yeah. ago? Yeah. What was last year? What won last year? Last year. La Land was 16. Yeah. Wow. What did win? Uh, we're bad. We're bad at... Stall. 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 Uh, uh, stall, Benson. I'm, I'm not good at this. You're stall. Much, you usually have me stall or you stall. No, I'm usually the staller. Yeah. yeah. But I usually do it while you're talking, like mid-sentence, so you have, a, right. you have a train of thought to go on. That's right. And speaking of 
Speaking of uh, stalls, that stall that they kept the fish man in the shape of water was very Oh, that's right, that's right, and, that's and, right, that's right, that's and, right, yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was Shape of Water 1 over Call Me By Your Name, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Get Out, Lady Bird, Phantom Thread, The Post, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. That's right. That's that was right. a good I, year. I, I like most of those movies. Yeah, I saw a few of those, actually. Yeah. Which is surprising. Yeah, that is surprising, because you didn't, You this was like your first big movie year, right? Yeah, I was in school. Um, yeah, it's hard to see. Yeah, we had a the-, the nearest theater to us had like maybe six screens. Right, right. And they were all like those recliners, like 3D. They were bullshit. You know? <laughs> like I was, I, I like. I wanted recliners. to see Ready Player One really badly. Yeah. And the only non 3D showtimes were at like 10 o'clock at night. So I was like, all right, fuck it, I just gotta go and see it in 3D. Yeah. Which was cool. Yeah. Um, that's a that's a a movie that is worthy of, and 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 appropriate of the 3D treatment. But yeah. Yeah, there are no Bohemian Rhapsodies. I guess the closest Bohemian Rhapsody to last year er, for last year's Darkest Hour. Yeah, yeah, that's I heard was only so so. But like, I love The Shape of Water. I didn't see Call Me by Your Name, but would have liked to. I would uh, like to as well. Love Dunkirk. Love Get Out. Lady Bird was my favorite movie of the year. Love Phantom Thread. Love Three Billboards. Didn't see the post. Um, Darkest Hour. If you're curious, um, if it's the if it's the Bohemian Rhapsody of that year, it has an 84 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, but like it's one of the. I bet it's one of those that like everyone gave a so-so review to, and it just like stacked up so-so reviews. Its average rating is 7.3. Okay, that's higher than I thought it was. Then. On Metacritic, it's got a 75. Bohemian Rhapsody is a 6.1. Yeah, Bohemian Rhapsody. I didn't see it, but it looks. That's a movie that I would go to at, like, a matinee and maybe, like, have a few drinks before and then, like, go by myself. I think that's what I'd probably do. Yeah. I, um... If it's still in theaters, which is probably not. That was a movie that it actually actually is. It came out on DVD, like, a couple days ago, and it was still playing in, wow, like, at, like Richmond at, like, way late at night. That's insane. Um, All right. Let's wrap this yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, that was our Oscars episode, and... You know, now we're done with 2018 this is movies. The real, this is the real awards show. Yeah. This you, is the you real can, You can skip the Oscars. That's the after party, there. baby. Yeah, yeah. This is the real thing. <laughs> so should I post this before the Oscars? Absolutely. Okay, good. Yeah. I'll do it. I'll do it. Well, on, uh, on behalf of Denson, uh, I will say uh, thanks for listening, and until next time, stay distracted.